Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. Welcome, everyone. And this is Marilyn Aloria, and I'm super excited to be talking to you today. Today, we are going to be talking about money. Yep, I said it. Money. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Money. So whatever relationship you have with money, expect to get your mind blown, to lean in, to learn more about it and learn what your guides want you to know about it. It's a conversation that most people run from, but I just came off the SAS experience and I want to share a little bit of what I learned and we're going to talk about money. I'm going to just keep saying that word, feel the vibration, it's already rising. And we're going to do um, probably a little something with my guides. As you know, I come into these things ready and willing to be an instrument as my guides work through me. And I'm just like, all right, this is what we're going to talk about today. So show me what you want. So that is what we're going to do. But before we do that, I want you to notice where you are right now. As you're listening to this, notice where you are. And what is one belief that you have in your head about money? I'm going to stop saying it that way. I'll say money. So just notice where you are and notice what's one belief you have about money. Is that a positive belief or is it a belief that's working against you? That is the subconscious pillar in the SAS experience, right? The first S. So here I am sitting in my office with my two beautiful dogs and I'm looking at all the trees outside my window. And I am reminded of how I made a dream come true and how I didn't let money stand in the way. And the trees also represent, when I first started studying um, mediumship and psychic ability, when it all just started opening up for me and I was working with one of the first mediums I was working with, and she had a deck of cards that she created. And on one of the cards was a picture of a tree. And I'm just remembering this now. And that card meant wealth. So a tree symbol for her meant wealth. What does a tree mean to you? What do you feel about wealth? Do you feel like it's possible or do you feel like it's never going to happen? Do you feel like it's a struggle? What is your relationship with money? So as I look at these trees and I'm like reminded of a dream that I made happen, even though I didn't know how I was going to make it happen, I did it. And I did it from the sale of my first house. But here's the other thing. If I go back and backtrack some more, the sale of my, the first house that I bought, I had no idea how I was going to make that happen, but somebody planted a dream in my head and I chose to believe it. And that house happened. And then that house led to this house. So I really want to talk to you about your relationship with money because I see it coming up a lot with people and I feel it's such an important conversation to have because it's really not about money. It's about self-worth. It's about believing in your dreams. It's about knowing that you deserve what you desire. So a little background, a little transparency. Money and I have had an interesting relationship and it hasn't always been pretty. Matter of fact, it was anything but pretty up until a couple of years ago when I decided to change that. So as some of you may remember the story, when I bought this house, I had put a bunch of cash away in a savings that I couldn't get to. And I was like, oh, this is great. I, it, the debt is paid off. I bought a new house. I'm fixing it up. And then I have this money set aside for just me. So I know it's there. It'll help me on a rainy day. Everything's great. 
And then when I finally got through the construction and the craziness, I went to that account and it wasn't there. And I was like, oh my goodness, where is it? Where did this money go? And when I backtracked, I noticed that the bank did not accept the large deposit and threw it back into my account. And because I was in one of my um, unconscious ways with money at that moment in time and just acting out of fear and doing all sorts of things, I wasn't tracking my expenses and my income, I went through it and spent it all. And that was a moment that flattened me out. I was just crying. I couldn't believe it. I experienced shame. I experienced like, here I am again. I made another stupid choice. How could I do this to myself? Oh my goodness. And it was horrifying. And I was scared because I had a bigger mortgage and I was frightened. And it was just me. It's me paying the bills. And I'll never forget that moment because after crying on the floor, I heard my guide say, oh, wow, something amazing is going to come from this moment. Something absolutely incredible, something really great. And I got up off the floor and I decided to go for a manicure and a pedicure of all things. I don't know why. It was self-care. I wanted to just take care of myself. And I went and to the manicurist place and I was sitting in the chair and this relief washed over me. And I was like, you know what? You're going to figure this out. It's okay. You're going to be okay. You're always okay. And I remember leaving the parking lot thinking, okay, I want to have a little bit of money in the bank. So I'll apply for a business loan just so I have some extra cash there because it'll make me feel better because I have a bigger mortgage than I've ever had. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I did. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and apply for a loan or put debt on your credit card because that's not what this is about. At that moment in time, I needed to know that I had something for a rainy day. And that's what I chose to do. And because I am very responsible with my finances and I have good credit and all of that, I was able to do it. So that's just one of my stories. But my story of money that I had to work on really was um, anchored into my father and what he didn't want to give us and child support. And I'm not going to go down that road and share all of that with you. But it was a very tricky relationship for so long. And it definitely was attached to love. If he loves me, he'll pay for me. Who, what father doesn't want to give their kid child support? And that was something that he didn't want to do that my mother had to keep fighting for. And then when she fought for a little more child support to get me out of the neighborhood so that I could go away to college because I was constantly getting in trouble, he sued me. He sued me, put me on the stand, and I spent a lot of time in family court. But that's the same father that also gave me the down payment for my first house. So as tricky and as uncomfortable and as roller coaster ride it was, I healed that relationship. I healed that relationship with him. I healed the relationship with myself. And I'm hoping that I can bring something forward to all of you right now. Now, it's interesting. I didn't know I was going to go into all of this like I always do with my podcast. I have a theme. I have something I want to talk about. And then my guides just take over. And they're reminding me of a conversation I had with a client just this past week about money. And we all have this relationship with money that some may be shame, like I said, or it may be like not feeling responsible, not making the best choices, being afraid of it. And I'm going to ask you to really step in and see money as a guide. Money's just like hanging out next to you. And it's just having fun with you. And it wants you to love it. 
and it wants to love you. It's this high vibrational energy, but we have labeled it with something else. So Spirit's asking me to share something with you. So I teach the symbolic language of the soul, right? And what that means is symbols can mean different things for different people. So I could be uh, teaching a whole group of people and I could put a butterfly up on the slide and I'll ask people, what does a butterfly mean to you? Do it right now. What does a butterfly mean to you? And whenever I read the responses, many of them are different. That's the symbolic language of your soul because what you're doing is identifying that symbol based on your life experience. So money is another symbol and you're identifying it as a symbol in your life based on life experience. And I'm asking you to shift that right now and to allow yourself to have a different relationship with money. Maybe you don't know what it looks like. Maybe it hasn't been good to you up until this point. Maybe it's been amazing to you. Maybe this is just the best relationship ever. Whatever it is, I want you to grow it even bigger and grander and greater. So up until now, Money and I have had a good relationship. Now we're going to have an even better relationship. Money and I are friends. Money doesn't have the leash around my neck. If anything, we're holding hands, we're talking, and money's following me. It's like, yeah, girl, I'm going with you. And then it's opening doors for me. And it's just showing me all the ways that it wants to come in. So the reason why I bring this up to you, and um, I'm sorry, I, this woman wrote me during the SAS experience because during the SAS experience, we invite people to join SoulFinder Academy. The SAS experience is a way of getting to know the SAS pillar system that can truly, has truly changed people's lives. And so I like to take people through the SAS experience so they can get a taste of it. And then people will decide whether they want to go into SoulFinder Academy or not, which is a is more money. It's a bigger investment, but it's also more uh, lessons, more time with me, more time with the coaches. It's a great community. People really become close and they have incredible breakthroughs because they're accountable. They're being supported. They're being seen. They're being heard and they're, and they're standing in their truth. So somebody wrote me and I don't remember her name. And unfortunately I lost the email. Otherwise I would have responded to her. And she basically said, oh my goodness, that program is so expensive. And she didn't write a rude email because sometimes, very rarely, I'll get an email that's like, I remember last time I did this, I think it was just for the SAS experience, which was $97 at the time. And the woman said, are you kidding me? I need to go to the dentist. And I was like, whoa, okay. It was the way she wrote it to me. It was kind of like, how dare you, you know? And I was like, okay, that was kind of rude. I can't remember exactly what she said because I wiped it out of my head, but I'm just kind of using it as a thing. This woman who wrote me about Soulfinder Academy and that it being expensive, she wasn't rude. She wasn't disrespectful. She was sharing her experience with value, what she values. And I'm hoping, I know she listens to my podcast because I remember reading the email and she said, I listened to your podcast. So I'm hoping she hears this and I'm able to move her forward as well. And I'm going to share you a, st a story about value in a second. But she went on to say that um, she thought it was too expensive and maybe it was great and she was sure it was great, but it was too expensive. And then she said, you know, I know you had a $27 deal out there for a month, but I missed that deal and I don't know what it is and it's probably gone. I'll just continue to listen to your podcast. And again, she was not rude. She was sharing her experience. And I appreciate it. That's fine with me. But here's the thing. 
she missed the $27 SaaS experience, which was a week-long live experience with me, which will never be, um, it'll never be $27 again. It's going to be more money. Because after going through the experience and seeing the value of what we offer and what people gain from it, we know that we can charge more for it. And I'm going to talk about that in a second too, because some of you are coaches and spiritual teachers and you're afraid to charge for what you're worth. So she missed that because maybe she saw the $27 and thought, oh, I don't have that right now to spend. And I don't want to get down on her and whatever her income is and what's going on with her and her finances, but I do want to do a mind shift for all of you, a mindset shift. So what I want to talk about, she said, uh, Soulfinder Academy was too expensive. And that's, she has her opinion. That's okay. But here's something what I've learned. I went into my doctor's office one day and I was talking to my doctor and I said, when I want to purchase something and I really want something very badly, I don't tell myself I can't have it, even if I can't have it in the moment. What I do is I kind of research things. I was watching this one juicer for a long time, like I really want to buy it, but it's a little out of my league. It's too expensive. I don't know. And I can do that sometimes. I can hem and haw for a little bit. And it was a Black Friday and the juicer went on sale and I was like, I got it. I'm purchasing it. I really want this juicer. So I was so happy I bought it. It's this really good juicer. I got it. And I went into my doctor's office and I said, you know, I bought this great juicer. And I said, but it was really expensive. And she said, how much was it? And I said, $350. And she was like, that's not expensive. That's cheap. And she wasn't doing it against me, she was kind of like off the cuff, just saying out loud, oh, that's not expensive. And in that moment, I realized that we value things differently. And she taught me a great lesson without even realizing she taught it to me. Because if I held the perception, oh, that's not expensive, I would have bought that thing sooner. I would have gotten that thing sooner. And I would have gotten the money that I needed to purchase that thing sooner. But because I value some things as okay and some things not okay, then I sat and struggled with it. But she was like, no, no, that's not expensive at all. Wow, it's pretty cheap. Such a great lesson. So let me go a little bit further into this with all of you. I realized, so as I worked with my relationship with money and I worked with my guides, and the way that you work on your relationship with money is you notice your own personal value. How valuable, how do you hold yourself in value? What do you feel you deserve and don't deserve? Because money is a mindset. Money is a mindset and money is a story you've been telling yourself for a really long time. So I did a lot of work around this when I was shifting out of one-on-one readings into group programs. And I was walking away from a nice amount of money that I made on a regular basis because I was unhappy. And I had made a promise to myself when I did this work that the minute I became unhappy, I had to shift gears because I would not do or accept money if I was unhappy for something. So it was a real conversation with my soul and with the universe and with my guides. And I was waking up scared every single night because I was choosing another path, but that path was yet has yet to show me that it was going to be lucrative. But I knew the path I was on, I could no longer be aligned with my soul and be on it. So I had to take the risk and I was ready to take the risk, but I was scared. So I would wake up in the middle of the night going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? And spirit would be like, you'll be fine. You're following your heart. You're following your soul. 
And I started listening to different money meditations and I started reading money books and I just started talking to my guides about it and it all worked out great. And matter of fact, that became much more lucrative to me than the one-on-one work because one-on-one work, if you're a coach, if you're a healer, therapist, you can scale it just so much and it gets exhausting. So now I get to reach one-to-many and It's great. I love it. I love working with groups and I get to see the groups excel with each other. So what I want to invite you to do is to notice how you're holding yourself trapped because of money. Okay. That's the first thing. So what belief do you have around it? I can't afford this. I can't do this. I'm on a limited income. Nothing's ever going to change. You know, I have to thank, and I don't know how people feel about Joel Olstein, and it's okay if you like him or you don't like him, but I used to listen to him years ago, and he talked about this quite a bit. And he would tell stories about people who were in those situations of limitation, maybe because they just had a certain salary or they were on a limited income, and they decided to believe in something bigger and greater, and they wanted something bigger and greater. So they just kept praying for it and opening up to it and surrendering to it and believing in it. And uncles that they didn't even know they had would send them money. Neighbors would give them money. Somehow money would come to them. And it was a real great lesson for me because what we see in front of us, we stay stuck with. But if we lift the doors of limitation and surrender to something greater and make smart choices, then we allow the flow in. So when I was doing all of this work, I was opening up to flow. And I knew anything but flow, you know? But then if I thought about it, whenever I really wanted something, I got it. Whenever I wanted a job, I got it. So look at the story you're telling yourself around money and rewrite it. Rewrite the belief in it. Now let's talk about value again, okay? So what you deem as expensive, ask yourself why you feel that way. It's probably based on a story of your mother said, you can't do that. You can't go spend money on a manicure pedicure. That's foolish. You can't go buy that digital class that's for your mental health and going to help you to feel better about yourself. You've got to pay your rent. You've got to say, of course you have to pay your rent. You have to save for a rainy day, whatever the story is. And I was sitting here recently with my guides thinking about something that I wanted. And I track my income and expenses, and I am choosing to make very good decisions. But I also know when I really want something, I'm going to make it happen. It may not be in the moment, but I'm going to set the wheels in motion. So here's the next lesson I'm going to give you. You may not know how you can do it, but don't tell yourself no if it's something you really want. So instead of me telling myself no, I look at the thing and I'm like, okay, that's something I really want. But... I don't have the cash right now to buy that. So I, it was a particular person I was hiring to help me with something. And I had a meeting with him and I was like, yeah, I definitely want to work with you, but I can't work with you right now. Um, I will be in touch. And then it took a little bit longer than I thought. This was like two or three months ago. I spoke to him about two months ago and I wrote him an email and said, I'm still very interested in working with you. I'm just working through some things. And he was like, don't worry about it. I'm here and it's not a big deal. And, uh, I did it. I did it this past week. I was like, I can do it now. I'm ready to do it. And some of it was investment in self, hiring this person to work with me. And the other thing was making good choices. I'm all for good choices. 
I'm all for good decisions. But the biggest thing I'm for is knowing why you say no. Know your no. So when we were doing SAS, right, and we were communicating with certain people that we thought would be amazing for Soulfinder Academy, and I would send them a video saying, hey, you know, I noticed you did this, you had this result, you had that result, I feel like you would be really great for this program. Honestly, you know, tell me what you think. I'm not trying to coerce anyone into a sale. I have no interest in that. I could not be the teacher I am if I was to go to people and say, you need this uh, or your life is never going to get better. No. Instead, I'm like, tell me what you think. Tell me where you're struggling. Tell me why you're having, if you're having difficulty making the decision, why? Let's see if we can work through this together. So, but one of the things I don't like at all those conversations would happen. People would come back and say, yeah, I'm doing it. This is great. This is what I want to get from it. This is what I feel is going to be great. Matter of fact, one of the women who joined, and she'll probably know it's her, she was struggling with certain things. And we were working on through the SAS experience, through some of her belief systems. And I'm not going to get too into her personal story because I don't have permission yet. And she said to me, you know, I was watching one of your testimonials on the Soul Finder Academy page. And the woman said that it was amazing and it was great, but she didn't know what she was going to do with it yet. And I went, okay, who was it? Do you remember? And she said, Andrea. And I was like, oh, that's hysterical because Andrea is now coaching and in a business mastermind and pursuing her career. And Andrea has a corporate job and two kids, but she's now creating a business. So she's very clear at what she wants. And she was like, oh, okay, that's great. And I was like, but that, you know, it's good. And I said, what else is your hesitation? And she said, well, why do the graduates keep coming back? If it really works for them, why do they keep coming back? So you could notice like, these are good questions to ask, right? And you could see she was working against belief. She wasn't fully trusting. She didn't know if she could trust. And I get all of that. Those are good questions. And I said, well, the graduates keep coming back because it's an evolution and they love the container, they love the people, they love the live work and they keep growing and growing and growing. So she, after those conversations, decided to join. What I loved about her was she didn't come like, no, 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 but she came with educated, like educating herself and deciding what was best for her. I want you to approach your life as an education, I don't want you, I want you to notice when you're putting steel door nose up based on past experiences, past limitations. And even if you're in a financial struggle and you know that you can't do it today when you want something, don't tell yourself no forever. Allow yourself, let that no be a yes in disguise. It's just disguised as a no today, but maybe it'll be a yes next week. Then you allow solution, you allow possibility in, and you get out of lack, fear, scarcity-minded thinking. Now, I'm sure there's going to be people out there and says, hey, Marilyn, you don't understand. I'm on um, a limited income. I'm on this. I'm on that. And I'm going to say, sure, I understand that. But is the income limiting you or is your mindset limiting you? Because like I've said before, things can happen in ways that you can't even imagine. Things can open up to you in ways that you can't imagine. Maybe someone's got a scholarship program. Maybe that teacher needs an intern. Who knows what could happen? So I'm inviting you to not put up a steel door of no 
and instead get into what are your beliefs around money. So I want to talk about value again. What it was for me was, and I want you to invite this conversation with yourself because I don't know your story. So I'm not here to say this is the only way, but I want you to have a conversation with money. I want you to, I think we're going to do this because my guides are making me feel like we're going to do this. Walk down the street with money by your side as if it's a guide and have a conversation with it. So value, what you put value in is super important. So my guides made me realize you value paying bills because you were told by your family, you've got to pay the utility, you've got to pay the rent, you've got to pay this, you've got to pay that. That's okay. You're allowed to pay for that, but you're not allowed to pay for mental health. You're not allowed to pay for things that are going to help you to succeed. That's just foolish. That was their value system, not mine. My value system is like, hmm, I paid the electric bill. Why not pay the bill that's going to light me up inside? Who's to say what's more valuable? You get to decide. So I invite you to have this conversation with your belief system, with your family ties to money. What is the story you tell yourself? And elevate the conversation. It doesn't have to be, and and notice if you're like, but she doesn't understand and she doesn't know. That's about you. You need to be in that struggle and see what that's about and work with it and, and be with it and be like, okay, you know what? This is my story today. Up until now, this was my story, but I'm willing to look at this in a different way. I'm willing to be with this in a different way and allow that in and see what happens. So let's say money is walking by you. So I don't know where you are right now listening to this podcast. I would love to pull you into a meditation, but I think I'm going to do a real life meditation instead. So just take a couple of deep breaths because I know a lot of you listen to my podcast, whether you're driving or you're, um, I really would rather you didn't do this particular part when you're driving, but if you feel that you can, hey, I'd rather, I'm going to say no, don't do it when you're driving. Okay. Just breathe. Take a couple of breaths. And notice if this conversation is making you feel uncomfortable. Notice how it's making you feel. For me, it's interesting as a teacher who's having this conversation, because normally I don't broach this subject. There's a little bit of an uncomfortable feeling because I know there's going to be people that want to push back. But I also know there's going to be people out there goes, oh my goodness, that's the thing I needed to hear. I'm going to get out of this money story. Wherever you are on the spectrum, I'm not going to hide my truth any longer. I'm going to start speaking what I am seeing in people. So as you're breathing, just listen to this other part and then we're going to move on. One of the things I don't like when I invite people into an experience and they're deciding if they want to continue on with me is when they're sitting on the fence. I really, I cannot stand it. I don't care if the answer is no. I'm happy when it's a yes. I'm happy when you, you know, it really doesn't matter to me. I was just talking with somebody who decided that it was a no right now. And she told me why. And I was like, that's a really good reason. Good for you. 
But it's the people that sit on the fence that are so afraid to decide that I get a little angry about. And the reason why I get angry is not because they are deciding yes or no on my program. It's because they're choosing to stay stuck. And I'm having a very difficult time with people that choose to stay stuck and do not give me the excuses now. You don't understand what my life is like. I've gone through this, blah, 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 blah. We all have. Life is difficult. Now, some people definitely have it harder than others. There is no doubt in my mind about that. But staying stuck, you have to decide not to do that any longer. You have to choose in this moment that you're not going to be stuck anymore. You can't use the excuses. Life is really hard. I'm going, you know, through really difficult things. You can still choose to not be stuck in those moments. So that is the thing that really gets to me when I do this work with people. Because like I said, I'm okay with a clear no. I'm okay with a clear yes. Know your no. Know your yes. But don't sit in between the two waiting for something bigger and greater to happen in the outside world before you make a decision. Make a decision based on your own experience right now. Make a decision from where you're at, but make a decision because the universe synchronicity is not going to respond to blurry energy. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do anything. I'm frozen. I can't do anything until something changes until, you know, I have that relationship until I'm 10 pounds thinner. No, you're not going to have that relationship. You're not going to be 10 pounds thinner until you make a decision to be unstuck. If you're listening to me, I got to tell you. That's the way it is. So there are many things you're going to start. I know I keep saying so, so I'm going to start singing. So a deer, oh, wait, that's doe, a deer, female deer. So a needle pulling thread. Okay, I'm just going off right there. It's because my guides are working with me in a different way. Okay, here we go. What I want to say to you is you have to choose to be unstuck. You have to. You can't stay in that energy any longer. And you can't wait for the thing outside of you to change in order for your life to change. So one of the things I noticed in this experience when we were having conversations about people continuing on was not only some of the people just choosing to be stuck, we also noticed people who don't believe in their dreams, so they stay stuck. We noticed that people don't recognize their worth, so they stay stuck. But those are all decisions you can make in order to unstick. <clears throat> what do I need to do to change my dream and believe in my dream? What do I need to do to believe in myself and know I'm worthy? What do I need to do? You're unstuck. So here's where I'm going to get really loud. I had to take a sip of water because this is my throat chakra. This is communication. And I am done with swallowing what I feel about something right now that I'm going to share with you. The people out there that tell you, do this program and you will be healed for life, I feel they're lying to you. Now, it's not to say that a program is not going to evolve you to another level of living, another state of being, and help you to move past your bull to get to the light. That is definitely can happen. Totally, truly happens. But life happens outside of that program. 
So think about it. Say you graduated from a program and it was great and you had this life-changing experience and there's a new you. And now you're on a new path. And life happens again. And you have a new understanding, a new consciousness to meet that thing. But you may find that you need something else in order to get past that, to grow to another state, to evolve even more. So I'm very weary of programs or people that say, I'm going to heal you and that's it. And you're going to be done with this for good. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. But the programs that offer you up tools and techniques that you can take with you for the rest of your life, that I'm behind. So Soulfinder Academy is one of those programs that gives you the tools and techniques that you take with you for the rest of your life. How do I know this? Because I've been using them for the past 30 years and I truncated them into this program. So when you're out there looking at different things to do, make sure that one, you resonate with the teacher and you believe, two, they're being, this is my feeling, they're transparent and, and honest and authentic about their own journey. And three, what they're offering up to you is sustainable, something you can carry with you for the rest of your life. That to me is the program, other programs, those to me are the programs that you invest in. Those are the investments that you want to make, okay? So let's break this down a little bit more and then we're going to walk with money. I have gone to different healers, right? And had different healing sessions. And I've, I've peeled away the onion and got to new layers. I think those healers are great. They worked for me for what I needed in that moment. And then there's this new layer and it's not as difficult as it was before because I have a new understanding about myself. I have a new consciousness about myself. I have a new commitment to myself. I understand what it is like to be aligned with my soul. But as you evolve, you want to evolve your life. It just happens. You start evolving. You start recognizing, I do deserve more. I am worthy. I do really want to make this dream happen. I believe in this dream. And through that evolution, you're going to look at different ways to invest in yourself to continue to raise your vibration, to continue to grow, to continue to expand. I'm really glad that early on I learned when I was investing in therapy how important it was for me that it was the thing that I needed at the moment. And I'm glad that I learned it over 25 years ago, 30 years ago, because it had set up a path for me that I knew that investing in myself and investing in my mental health and investing in my emotional balance was so important for me and my way of life. And I look at the people around me who did not make that investment for whatever reason, maybe they didn't, think they needed it or they didn't want to spend the money on it or it wasn't worthy. And I see them hitting the wall repeatedly. Don't be that person. Be the person who knows you're worth it, knows that you're worthy of your dreams and invest in yourself. And I, like I said, investment can be reading a book, could be watching a YouTube video every single night, could be listening to this podcast. I don't care what it is. It's whatever is going to move you forward. That's what's important to me. And people may not believe that. And that's up to you. I, I really can't get into what people believe or not believe about my work anymore. I can tell you, I truly, truly care about the people that are in my arena. 
And I really want to see them believe in themselves and move forward. Now, am I having direct contact with every single person that goes through my programs? No, I can't. But I know that my programs speak for themselves and I know my podcast is touching many of your hearts. And I know that um, the things that I put out there are helping people. And that makes me happy. So decide what you value. Okay, so let's do a little walk with money. I'm going to do this kind of quick because I'm, I'm hitting the time. So your breathing, how do you feel in your breath? Breath is connection to source, connecting to your guides, connecting to your soul, your belief systems. Just notice how you feel. And money is next to you. Pick a place. Is it to the right, to the left? But let them walk in, let money walk in line with you. Not in front of you, not behind you. It's next to you. Notice what money looks like. Maybe you tr have struggled with visualization. Just trust money's there. Stick your hand out and feel what money feels like. Many times when you stick your hand out, you could feel cool air or hot air. So stick your hand out in the direction of money. What does it feel like? I'm feeling like this. It's funny because I usually feel cool air when I feel things. You know, I have a, um, usually I feel cool air from things. Money feels kind of like warmish cool and it's vibrating. Like it's really exciting. It's tickling my palm. Stop it, money. And it's making me feel really excited and happy. And I feel connected to it right away. So stick your palm out. What does money feel like? Notice where you feel it. What is the belief that you can say right now to yourself that will allow you to have a relationship, a really good, loving relationship with money? What is the belief that you can say? It could be, I am worthy of a great relationship with money. Money loves me. Money loves me like source loves me. Money grows on trees. Money is nature. Money and I are having fun together. We're laughing. Money is like, thank you for seeing me finally. I'm here for you. Money is here for me. So write a belief. Say a belief right now out loud. My hand is still out with money. I just cannot take my hand away right now. And I'm going to say a belief quietly to myself while you do the same thing. Notice where you feel that belief. Notice where you feel it. Where do you feel that belief that you just said in your body? So the secret question that I always ask when I do this work, and this is what we do in Soul Sessions, which we do in Soul Finder Academy, wherever you felt it, that is where your light is shining. That is where your soul light is with money right now. Breathe into it. How does it feel to breathe into it? I feel really good. Money actually just taught me something. Money said that I can teach people about money. Never knew that. Never knew it. All right. So now we're walking with money. We're feeling this new belief. It's just resonating in our body. And money makes a sound. What sound is it making? It may not make sense, but what sound is it making? 
What do you hear? What's that sound? How does this sound make you feel? So money took out a bell, a little triangle actually, and started playing a triangle. And I was hearing the triangle. It reminded me of like as a kid, you know, playing the triangle and loving it because it's something I could master, playing the triangle. So money's letting me know you can master this. You can play it. It's easy. I'm an instrument you can play. You don't have to be studied in it. You know how to do it. It's innate in you. And I felt it all in my throat and in my upper heart chakra, which is compassion for self, the upper heart chakra. So here's the secret question. How did it make you feel? The secret question is this sound represents what's on the other side of your dream. It's how you can feel when you give yourself up to your dream and you reach it. I'll repeat it. The sound represents what's on the other side of your dream. It's how you can feel when you give yourself up to your dream and you reach it. Now, I believe in surrendering to dreams, but it doesn't mean we surrender and let the outside world. It means we take action. We walk towards it and we let even something bigger and greater show up. Okay, so we're walking with money. We know how we feel. We have this new belief. We have this beautiful sound. How do you feel now? And your money's still next to you, walking with you. And money hands you a flower. Hmm. And that flower that money is handing you, take that flower in your hand. And put it up to your ear because it has something it wants you to know. What does this flower want you to know? Lean in and listen. Now, I want you to tell this flower something. I want you to tell this flower something in response to what it said to you or not response. Whatever you want to tell this flower, tell it something. What did this flower say to you? What did it say to you? The flower told me, it was an iris actually. I never really see irises. It was purple and yellow. Purple is the highest spiritual color for me. If, um, if you were raised Catholic, you know, purple during Lent and Easter, it's such a big color. And the yellow is all about God for me and intuition and source. And it's the combination of the two. It's the combination of source in me and the connection. And the flower's like, because I'm kind of starting to blow the lid off of things. I'm stopping. I used to be quiet about things like, oh, don't talk about money or don't talk about how people spend money or don't talk about those guru people out there that want to be gurus that say you're healed for life. And now I'm like, no, 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 I'm done. I'm talking about it. And, and the iris was like, go talk about it. Share. Don't hide anymore. And then I just looked at the flower and I said, I'm doing it. I'm with you. I can do this. So do you want to know the secret question of the flower? The flower represented and represents your true urgings, the whisperings of your soul. Now, I forgot these secret questions because I did them in the soul session. So I was playing along with you. I love that. 
The flower is telling me, don't deny your soul. Speak your truth. So the flower represents your true urgings, the whisperings of your soul. You and your soul just communicated. Think about what we just did. You walked with money. You put your hand out. You felt money. Money gave you this feeling and helped you to rewrite a belief. You don't have to believe it right now, but you're just playing with it. It's in your body. It felt really good. And wherever that light showed up, you just need to breathe into it and the light will continue to shine. And then money gave you a sound. And that sound represented the other side of your dream. So you can believe more and you could walk more and you're headed towards your dream. And when you reach your dream, it's going to feel even better than what it felt. And then money gave you a flower and you communicated with the flower. And that flower was your soul's urging, your truth. So you just did it. Now all you have to do, you just went through the SAS pillar system. The first S is subconscious thinking. The second one is alignment, trusting yourself, believing that sound is something that's inside of you already. It's a dream. That's alignment, remembering your dream. And then soul ignition is the flower, like igniting the light in your soul. Now the last S is synchronicity. That's where you let the conversation with the universe take place. You communicate with the universe and you co-create. Welcome to SAS. You use this, we teach it differently, you know, because SoulFinder Academy is a, uh, it's actually, if you join now, it'll be a 20-week program because we want to help people through the holidays, depending on when you're listening to this, because it's normally 16 weeks. So I know these podcasts are evergreen, so uh, it depends on when you listen to it. Um, But we deep dive into these things. And take that with you. Take the SAS pillar system with you through your life. Ask yourself, what's my belief? What do I need? How do I need to align my soul? How can I ignite the light in my soul? All right, now I'm in conversation with the universe. All right, guys. So begin to have, hmm, they just made me change that. Know that you're having a great relationship with money. Spirit's like, "Mm, we're not beginning. We already began. We're in it. Know that you're having a great relationship with money. Own it. Be with it. Know that it loves you. It wants to be with you. It wants to help you. It wants to support you. Just breathe into that and be with it. Notice what stories come up. You can even take money. So this is what they're showing me. So money shows up like a stack of bills for me, like the size of a person um, walking with hands and legs. It's almost like uh, one of my, my gatekeeper, gatekeeper guy is this big green, like jolly green giant guy. He's just great. So he's just like, money's walking with me, but money and I around the, you know, it's a bit, a little bit taller. It's like hanging out, walking with me. And money's like, hey, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I got you. We're with, we're together. We're in this together. Let's get bigger. Let's grow even bigger. Just play with that. Have that conversation with money. You're now on the journey with money. See how it lights you up. See how it opens you up. Let your imagination run. Most importantly, fall in love with money. Money has fallen in love with you. All right, guys, I will see you. Well, actually, I always say that. I guess I have to do video soon. Um, I will talk to you next week. Have a great day or night whenever you're listening to this. I'll talk to you soon.